0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hawk, Hawk, Hawk. Jay Higgins coming back for another year with the Hawkeyes. You are locked on Hawkeyes, your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. hey welcome in i'm trent condon and this is the lockdown hawkeyes podcast thanks for making lockdown hawkeyes your first listen every day we're available wherever you find podcasts you can also find us on youtube while you're there make sure you hit the subscribe button helps us get in front of more hawkeye fans today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel sportsbook make every moment more right now new customers get 150 dollars in bonus bets with any winning five dollar money line bet that's 150 bucks. If your team wins, visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started. Well, the big news from last night, Jay Higgins will return for another year of eligibility and complete his career in an Iowa Hawkeye uniform. Made that announcement last night on Twitter. And with it, certainly solidify things in the middle of that Hawkeye defense. An outstanding season this past year for Jay Higgins, an All-American candidate, All-Big Ten one of the top tacklers in the country, third overall in tackles. You look at solo tackle numbers, he is way up there. He was a playmaker and took over a spot that was a very difficult one, obviously, taking over for an All-American in his own right in Jack Campbell. He played splendidly. And, you know, Jay Higgins, when you remember him from the early portions of, your car- of his career, he wondered what he was going to be. Is it just going to be a guy that was a special teamer? You know, what kind of impact was he actually going to be able to make on the defensive side of the football, and he slid in a year ago after the injury to Justin Jacobs, and he played incredibly well. And I'll be honest, I was surprised just how seamless that transition was. Now he didn't play a ton. He had Jack Campbell out there, he had Seth Benson. I was we know doesn't run certainly as much four three defense as they did in the past, but he was out there and then made the move to the middle. And it was basically a runoff during August camp of what they were going to do in that middle linebacker spot. He had two guys there, Nick Jackson, who we talked a lot about yesterday, his eligibility granted for another year. We'll get to him in a moment, but you had that out there. You had the opportunity for both those guys to win the middle bat linebacker job, two guys that were set up for it. Higgins eventually won the job, or maybe Jackson was just better suited of the two to play outside. Whatever it was, he was out there and decided to come back. You know, it's a great one. And as I started the podcast today with the Hawk, 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 if you don't follow Roy Higgins on Twitter, I'll tell you, he is just, he's just a splendid individual. He is just a guy that is fun-loving, easy to root for. He is more probably famous, at least in many Hawkeye circles, than his All-American son, which is just absolutely crazy to think about. But Roy is one of a kind and a guy that loves the Hawks, is a great ambassador for the program, sending his son here to the University of Iowa from Indiana. It's a long drive. Uh, You can follow along with him on on Twitter as he makes his posts and let it know him. I did find it great, though, a week ago when we heard from Jay Higgins when all the All-American honorees were out there in front of the media, and he said, well, I got to talk to Hawk, Hawk, Hawk. I mean, he he talks about his dad in the same light there. But for Jay Higgins coming back, we talk about the impact on the football field and the fun stuff uh, aside from that. There's no doubt that this is a huge coup for the Iowa defense, and as we await the decision of Nick Jackson, uh, something from earlier today from Chad Leistico of the Des Moines Register, where uh, he put out there that more likely, probably leaning more towards him going out there and um, and going to the pro route for Nick Jackson. Uh, this is what Chad Leistico said. I think at this point, it's more likely he turns pro than returns. Now, this is up to the Iowa Swarm. You know what they're going to be able to put together what kind of package they're able to put together to have these guys come back for another season of eligibility. That is a huge component to this, and it's just so much different than what we're used to. In the past, obviously, you can't turn down the kind of money that was there for a first round, or even being a mid-round draft pick and getting paid to play football, something that couldn't happen at the collegiate level. But now with NIL and name, image, and likeness and the ability to pay these players, and that's what it is. I mean, we can hide behind the curtain of NIL but we know the reality is they're getting paid to play yes they do things and the Iowa swarm does it right at least as right as it can be in college athletics but for Jay Higgins to come back a huge huge part of that another great thing not just about the play on the field and we know that's a huge component this guy was a leader and this was a a guy that was able to go out there and get the respect from everybody he was a guy that highly respected the locker room a team captain all those different things that are, they're important, they're necessary. You couple it with what's also happening in the future of Iowa football. And as they get ready to bring in a slew of linebacker prospects, getting that veteran presence, guys that have been through the grind, not only is he going to go through it, but the ability to teach from a guy like Cam Buffington and what we're going to see out of him at the linebacker position. You talk about Preston Reese, the kid from Monticello, uh, coming in to play linebacker coming up next season. Those young guys, the ability for them, to go out there and really help learn and understand what it's going to take at that level. I think that's a huge part of this also. Derek Weisskopf, you got to talk about him as well. Those three linebackers coming in, an ability to learn from one of the best in college football, definitely a huge step forward for Iowa football and what they're going to be. He's a leader, he's impactful, and now he gets to be a little bit of a recruiter, right? Talk about Nick Jackson and mention the, a quote there from Chad Lystico and his thoughts of where maybe leaning at this point in time. The great news about this, though, even if Nick Jackson decides to give it a go at the next level, is now you have experience because that was not going to be the case with this linebacker crew without the return of Jay Higgins. I mean, you're looking at young guys that just haven't had a whole lot of playing time. We've talked about Jade Harrell, who came in. He played a goal line situations. Kid from Urbandale here in Central Iowa, who was out there in the goal line stand against Northwestern. Carson Shire, who I know the Iowa coaches have been really high on. He's been a guy that has been talked about the last couple of years. The problem is he hasn't been able to stay healthy. And because of that, uh, that obviously sets it back, and it has to change the way that you set things up. What also happens if Jackson departs? Does that mean that they decide to go out there and give Kyler Fisher another year and another opportunity? Because it's something we talk about seemingly every single day, but it's incredibly important. The number crunch that I was going through right now In scholarships. That's why these six, seven guys that we've talked about in the portal, and not in the portal, excuse me, that have an extra year of eligibility are there instead of portal guys. Because who would you rather have? A portal player or Jay Higgins? A portal player or Quinn Schulte? A portal player or Luke Lachey. I think we know the answer to all of those questions. Is it frustrating when you look around college football and you see everybody else out there and what they're able to do? But also take stride and understand that this is something that is great for Iowa football. It is great that Iowa set up in a way that these guys do want to stick around, that these guys are willing to put in the work that you don't see the huge number of players in the transfer portal. Would you like an upgrade at some certain positions? Absolutely. And they went out there and they did that a year ago. Also, the way that it went from the play of Nick Jackson, Cade McNamara, even in a unhealthy season, what he was able to do. What we saw this last season in the influx of talent. Caleb Brown, obviously, in the emergence we saw in the month of November from him at the wide receiver position. I think this is going to make Kirk Ferentz even more willing to get into the transfer portal in future years. This just isn't one of those seasons. There isn't that flexibility. That means doesn't mean that they won't try. They're absolutely going to. But at this point in time, knowing that scholarships are at a minimum, they need to worry about the here and now. Worry about the guys that you can bring back bring back those players better than most anybody you're going to find in the portal that's willing to come to the University of Iowa football program. You put all that together, we're in pretty good shape, really good shape. And if we see more and more of these guys, you know what happens after the national championship goes dark. And after we finish up on that Monday night, all the national publications are going to come out with their way too early top 25. They get a lot of clicks. They generate a whole bunch of interest, and there's a reason for it. You're probably going to see Iowa in there. I would anticipate. And if we see even more people make the announcement before we get to that Monday of National Championship night, I think you're going to see Iowa, not just top 25, you know, somewhere in the 20s, top 15. Cooper DeGene would come back, top 10. I don't think it's crazy to think about that and what is going to happen. Of course, we still need to find an offensive coordinator. The Citrus Bowl is less than a week away. Players are down there. We heard from a number of the players earlier today. We'll give you some bowl game tidbits, more Iowa football, plus a little wrestling coming up today on Locked On Hawkeyes. A.J. Ferrari makes his official visit to the Iowa Hawkeyes. What does that mean? We'll talk about that as we continue. This is the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. Today's episode of Locked On Hawkeyes is brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook. As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot, on FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets for any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 bucks if your team wins. That's right. Don't have to worry about the point spread. Take a big favorite. If they win the game, your $5 bet turns into $150 in bonus bets. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is easy to use. If you're new to the sports wagering space, you're going to find that it is incredibly user friendly and they have everything. That you could imagine to bet on the spreads the over-unders the player props and a whole lot more visit fanduel.com slash locked on to continue what has been a great nfl season as we come to the closing stretch here of the final two weeks of the regular season once again that's fanduel.com slash locked on to continue this great nfl season fanduel official partner of locked on Trent kind of back with you once again on the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. As always, thanks for making Lockdown Hawkeyes your first listen every day. So I'm here at work today, not in the man cave studios. And with it, I put a little background on there, a new one. Let me know what you think on the comments. If you're on YouTube, if you're on the audio side, that's okay. Well, you can always go check us out on YouTube. If you do, hit the subscribe button to help us out. All right, so a little more football talk for you and some of the nuggets that are coming out from the player availability, the first one here on Wednesday in Orlando. So after practice, six players uh, were available, three on offense, three on defense. I I think some good little notes that were coming out on that. uh, Watch these videos over at HawkeyeReport.com. Tom Cakert, who helps us out on the recruiting side of things uh, from time to time. And uh, one of the things that he mentioned in there is they did not know the announcement that Joe Milton, the Tennessee quarterback, was not going to be playing. That was something that they didn't know. And the beat reporters were the ones that actually passed that, excuse me, passed that along to a number of the different players. Quinn Schulte was a little bit surprised by it. Said, oh, all right, well, we got somebody else that we're going to have to worry about. And if you go back to earlier this week on Christmas Day on Monday, we had our crossover episode with Eric from Locked On Balls. Uh, he talked a little bit about the potential of us seeing this true freshman quarterback. I mean, talking about an elite prospect, Nico Imaleva, who was by some accounts the top quarterback in the country? Six foot six, 210 pounds, can run, can throw. Remember, Arch Manning. Yeah, Arch Manning was in that class from a year ago. And some people believe that he was the best prospect to come out from the quarterback position uh, last season. He's got to go up, though, against the Iowa defense. And how about that for your first start? I-, I think this is going to generate even more excitement on a national scale for this bowl game. It's a bowl game where we know the national jokes, right? All right, the Iowa offense, ha, ha, ha. You make your jokes, do your thing, whatever, right? But all of a sudden, on a day where you're going to have two other games going on, three games going on in that early window before we get into the college football playoff on January 1st, you're going to have three options. Number one, Liberty against Oregon. Liberty undefeated in the Conference USA. Play the easiest schedule in the country. Against an Oregon team, not happy to be there. Does that intrigue you a whole lot? It doesn't for me. The other game, Wisconsin-LSU. A lot of opt-outs, certainly on both sides for that game. And then you get this Iowa-Tennessee game. People know about the Iowa defense. They certainly know about Amaleva. And there's going to be excitement there. I think this is going to generate even more eyeballs, even more interest into it, and create some excitement there. Uh, However, if you're like me, and in Central Iowa, and you have DirecTV in some trouble right now because Tegna, who owns the ABC affiliate in Des Moines, W-O-I, they're in a dispute right now with DirecTV. That means going to have to get the app. I have crappy internet. I think every is know a little bit about that and some of the struggles that I have with my internet provider, CenturyLink, and trying to fight through that. Google Fiber is supposed to be coming to West Des Moines. In fact, it's in West Des Moines where I live. However, it is not in my neighborhood, though we were supposed to be the second one done Three years later, still waiting. That aside, so I'm going to have to figure something out. So that means after New Year's Eve, long night out, maybe a couple cocktails, getting the sleep out of my eyes. Do I put the family in the car? Go to a sports bar? Mm, Not my favorite viewing experience for an Iowa game. I love sports bars. I, I love going to sports bars. I'm all about that. But not for Iowa games. Watching the Bears, watching my twins, something like that. Sure. But for the Hawkeyes, for a bowl game, I've done it before. Uh, The Insight Bowl, when they played Missouri, was out with a group of friends. Ah, It's not for me. Could we do a gathering? Do we need to drop the hint to a couple of our friends maybe here in town? And we'll bring the kids over. They can go play. And we'll watch the game that way. That's a possibility. Or watch it on my phone. Eat up the data that way. Uh, That's where it may be. If you are in a similar boat, though, I feel you. I feel for you. Hopefully you have better internet than me and are able to at least stream it through ESPN Plus and watch the game that way. But few of us are dealing with that as uh, we get ready for the bowl game. Intrigue, it is certainly there. I will mention the Nuggets coming out and some of the players. Uh, starting with Quinn Schulte, again, uh, this info and this video from Tom Kikert of HawkeyeReport.com. I uh, did talk a little bit about Jay Higgins, his decision to come back, and that was going to impact him. Uh, Schulte mentioned that he's not going to come to a decision until after the bowl game. All these guys are putting a lot of attention into this bowl game. It's another thing that you have to be happy about as an Iowa football fan. Bowl games have become, across the industry, a bit of a joke. They are glorified exhibitions. They don't mean anything in the grand scheme of things. And having an old-school coach like Kirk Ferentz, you can tell the importance of bowl games, that they still do matter, that they're a reward for a great season. They can be a reward for a pretty average season, too, but a reward for the players to be able to go out there, have a good opportunity on Saturday. They're going to go to Universal and do all that stuff. On their mandatory day off uh, before the game on Monday. But you have that component to it. And just the guys uh, hearing the interviews, you could tell they're just happy to be in the sunshine, right? I mean, it's snowing here in Iowa. It's cold. It's miserable. You get out of there for a couple of days, able to enjoy a little bit of sun running around out there. It's a good thing. Chance to recharge. And they go out there and play a football game and a football game that matters to Iowa a whole lot more than a lot of different programs uh, out there. Uh, another guy, Deontay Craig, who Mentioned Deontay yesterday. Maybe it's not fair to call it a disappointing year for him, but it certainly statistically was not the season that I anticipated. Now, he was banged up throughout the course of the year. That was definitely a big part of it. But if I was going to continue at a high level next season, look, you're not going to have Joe Evans on the other side. You're going to need a guy that can get to the quarterback. And I still believe that Deontay Craig can not only become a good pass rusher, I believe he can become elite. I, I think this is a guy that can certainly get towards double digits and sacks going forward. I know teams get the ball out a lot quicker. Sack totals are not what they were in the past, but I think he has that kind of ability and hopefully he can put together a big season. Speaking of injuries, Xavier Wampa also was out there, had the breakout performance a year ago in the bowl game against Kentucky with the pick six. He played shorthanded all season long and and literally shorthanded. He was, playing basically one-handed out there as he was working through what was a thumb injury, dealing with that throughout the course of the season. I don't think we saw the best of Xavier Wampa. In fact, I know we didn't see the best of Xavier Wampa. Calling a number of his games at the high school level, a guy that I saw that was as impactful as you can find defensively in a high school football game. His closing speed was something unlike anything I've seen before. I watched a lot of good football players at the high school level. Nothing like Xavier Wampa, and there's a reason He had that five-star designation and had offers from basically the who's who of college football a year ago. Hopefully a healthy season for him coming up in 2024. Also got to hear from Caleb Brown. Uh, He did mention Marco Linas, who don't think is going to be part of the plan come Monday, but said he threw a couple of nice passes, likes the way the ball comes out of his hands. Look for Marco Linas. I think I'm not alone. Would like to see him out there. Deacon Hill is going to be the starter and we can argue about the merits of Deacon Hill and if he has what it takes or if he can even morph into a competent backup at the Big Ten level. We saw the limitations of him with the inaccuracy, with the issues, both interceptions and fumbling, with all those things out there. We knew that there were concerns. But another piece that I look at is I would going into next year because I just don't think you can go into next season with Deacon Hill as your backup because if th- something goes awry, as it did this season, you're talking about a starting quarterback in Cade McNamara that's been incredibly banged up throughout the course of his career. Lost for a season a year ago at Michigan. Goes down for the season at during the Michigan State game this year. With a guy that is injury prone, that has had a couple of serious injuries, as Cade McNamara has, what is he going to be coming back? What kind of escapability is he going to have? What kind of system is Iowa going to run? Yes, it's going to be incredibly similar to what we've seen. But as we've also seen, each of the three offensive coordinators in the Iowa football system all had their own ways of doing things, and there were differences. I, it drives me nuts when people say, well, oh, it's just going to be the same with Kirk Ferentz. It's not. Uh, look at all three offenses that they ran. The merits of them were different. And Ken O'Keefe, his passing scheme involved early on a lot of tunnel screens. He saw a ton of plays across the middle for wide receivers, something that was not there in the Brian Ferentz system. In between, you had Greg Davis. What he did, more of a horizontal design place calling a system that he had, and it was different for each of them. And the new offensive coordinator, there will be wrinkles there. So, stop with the tired. That's uh, just going to be the same thing with Kirk. Will it be similar? Absolutely. Is the team going to run the run and shoot air raid? No, they're not. Nor should they, because that wouldn't work with the Iowa system in the way that Iowa football is currently built. It just wouldn't. They don't have the talent on hand to make something like that happen. But that aside, uh back to uh, Caleb Brown and Marco Lioness, as he mentioned, a couple of good throws uh, from him. What would it hurt to have a couple of series in there? A couple of small packages, right? A year ago, you went out there and we saw Sam Laporta running the Wildcat. Look, if you could do that for a tight end, you can't come up with a small package of plays for Marco Lioness and see if he's got something there. And if he can be your backup next season, that's what I'm looking for. Cade back to a starter. And if it doesn't happen, Then Iowa needs to do some shopping in the portal. Not looking for a starter. That's not going to happen. This is Cade McNamara's job, and you can argue the merits of that. But again, come live in reality. That's what it is. But if there is a guy that went to a big program, has been a backup, or even buried on the depth chart of the third, fourth team, and just wants a new opportunity, a new place, knowing that he's going to be the backup, or at least competing for the backup job, I think Iowa needs to look at that. But you also have to see if there's anything there for Marco Linez. That's what I'd like to see. Uh, out of that. Addison Astrenga also out there. Addison Estrenga his emergence has been huge. One thing he talked about was his blocking, the improvements that he made there, and that's something that he'll still improve upon, but having the big brothers out there, Luke Lachey and Eric Hall, after they were lost for the season, having those guys help him along. I think you're going to see a whole lot more from Addison Astrenga. Guy that's really exciting about his upside and the great lineage of Iowa tight ends. And then finally Rusty Feth. Just one go around for Rusty Feth. You know, we're talking about these guys coming back for another year of eligibility. That will not be the case for Rusty Feth. He has used up his eligibility. He will move on after this one. This will be his final game as a collegiate, but a guy that helps solidify the middle of that offensive line. They tried for a couple linemen, didn't work with Dejon Parker. He was hurt back in spring and just never could gain traction to get out there and get onto the field. It did work for Rusty Feth. And there's some numbers for Rusty Feth that, were great. Some of the pro football focus numbers were not outstanding for him, but he added an element of toughness, good veteran, and a guy that was able to go out there and compete every single time, something that did not happen for this offensive line group. The offensive line this year did take a step forward. They were better than they were a year previous in 2022. It's not that they were great because they weren't, but they were better. Now, can you build on that? And Rusty Feth just becomes a guy that kind of build that bridge. I'm a big proponent of Iowa staying with Tyler Ellsbury who we saw at the end of the season at the center position and move Logan Jones out to one of the guard positions maybe they are apparent to Rusty Feth but good to hear from the big redhead Rusty Feth out there as well you can find all those interviews again over at hawkeyereport.com we continue here on On Hawkeyes with some wrestling news AJ Ferrari Whew, there's a lot to say about him we'll say it when we come back this is the locked on Hawkeyes podcast. Frank kind of back with you one final time on the lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. As always, thanks for making lockdown Hawkeyes your first listen every day. We're available wherever you get podcasts. If you're on the podcast side, hit us up with a five star review. If you're watching on YouTube, hit the subscribe button helps us get in front of more Hawkeye fans. Well, every day as I've been telling you for a while, we got to talk a little more wrestling, huge wrestling fan grew up in Osage. I was a terrible wrestler myself. Uh, Sport didn't click for me. Grandpa uh, went to state tournament four times. I did not get that side of things apparently, or maybe I just didn't put in the work regardless of what it was. I was a terrible wrestler, but I absolutely love the sport. And we come into the year knowing that Penn state is once again, the runaway favorite, the Nelson brain suspension, Tony Cassiope, both those guys being out this season impacted what was already going to be a very, very slim path for, I would win another national championship this year, but there have been some good moments. You got real woods doing his thing. He maintains the number one ranking at 141 pounds. A couple of the new guys that have come in, I think have been incredibly impressive. What we've seen, at least early on, and the hope for Victor Ivanovich, who comes in from Oklahoma State, young guy at 149, and a ton of upside to him. Uh, Jared Franic, who comes in from the Dakotas, uh, North Dakota State, he's been really good. He's ranked second right now at the open mat in the rankings there. But the story is A.J. Ferrari. Now, if you don't know A.J. Ferrari, do yourself a Google search, and you're going to find out a whole lot more. And the Ferrari family, they're opinionated. They're, um, (laughs) what is the right word I'm looking for? They're out there. They're a little bit different, but you cannot argue about the talent. Now, currently, AJ, who is the oldest of the Ferrari brothers, his brother, Anthony, is living and training in Iowa City. Youngest brother, Angelo, also is committed to the Hawkeyes as a high school prospect, and he'll come in next season. AJ was an NCAA champion back A couple of years ago in 2021 at Oklahoma state. Then in 2022, he was undefeated to start off the year and then had an injury. And since then has not wrestled collegiately. So he puts up on Twitter that he is officially visiting the Hawkeyes. And there's a picture there. He's hanging out with the family. One of him though, he is physically built. If you remember seeing that kid. And for me, one of the first times in those NCAAs back in 2021, he is a physical specimen. But there is more to the story of A.J. Ferrari. And I know there's a lot of people and and bigger wrestling fans than myself and followers of the Iowa wrestling program that don't want to see A.J. Ferrari in an Iowa singlet. They don't want to see him part of this Iowa wrestling program. The charges that were against him for sexual battery, they were dropped back in October. That is one hurdle that needs to be cleared there. We will see. I think it would come as a surprise now with all this buzz and everything that's been out there for this long, taking the official visit that he's not part of the Iowa wrestling program. Will he be eligible to wrestle right away? Will he be able to go in the second semester? Still got to lose a little bit more weight, and uh, that dude, he is yoked. Uh, I'm not sure how he cuts with the size. He's down from 225 in the offseason, down to 205. Likely, though, spot that you're going to find him as he will be wrestling at 197 for the Hawkeyes. That would be the spot that he would get in there and drop down to uh, right now, Zach Glazier's off to a really good start, but when you have a talent like AJ Ferrari, you can't say no. Are there some headaches that are going to come along with the family that has been bandied about? I don't have an opinion one way or the other. Just something to keep an eye on. We will see how this one plays out, and ultimately what happens with Iowa wrestling, but upgrading the talent, something that's necessary. Look, if you're going to track down Penn State, it is just so difficult what Kiel Anderson has built there. And sometimes maybe you just got to swallow it and accept guys that are a little rougher around the edges. And many people believe that is the case with the Ferraris. That is it for today. Thanks for making Locked On Hawkeyes your first listen every day. Don't forget coming up on Friday evening, the Hawkeyes back on the hardwood again, men's basketball against Northern Illinois. You can catch those games on Sirius XM. Sirius XM, just search Hawkeyes and it'll pop up for you. And of course, the game on Monday in the bowl game against Tennessee. You can find them On Sirius XM. Right now, Locked On has also launched the first ever National Sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Lockdown, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever National Sports 24-7 streaming channel. I promised it, it's gonna happen biz is back with us tomorrow then on friday LaShawn daniels our final look and our picks for the bowl games including the citrus bowl iowa tennessee a busy week continues here on locked on hawkeyes thanks for making locked on hawkeyes your first listen every day we'll talk to you again tomorrow go hawks the ncaa tournament is almost here